what's happening uh straight no chase of the podcast we back yet another episode we appreciate you thank you for tuning in uh my name is john please like share and subscribe to this podcast available on spotify and apple Podcasts, as well as various other places that you get podcasts. so congratulations man congratulations right. it took me it took me about a year and a half but i think i finally got it that's it yeah. Yeah. Um, got to introduce ourselves, Rashim. Go for it. And what are you drinking? What up, folk? Rashim in the house. I'm drinking Uncle Nearest, the 1856. Get the 1856 is dope. I'm gonna throw it up to my man, my cousin, KG Cage. What up? What up, good people? Welcome to another episode of Straight No Chaser, the podcast. And I am drinking tonight. My tequila of choice this evening is Ka, Ka Resposado. It is, it is a really good one. And because tonight is a special night, I would like to propose a toast. So gentlemen, I received a promotion. I am now a director in my company, which is a big deal because we have never had anybody of, as an African-American as a director in my department. Happy Black History Month to Black History. Salute. Salute. Congratulations, yeah. man. Direct, director level work is some big stuff, man. Congrats. Mm -hmm. I am actually drinking Jack Daniels. I'm not a super huge drinker, so I don't even have a shot glass. I'm Kids don't do this at home. So yeah, I'm just drinking straight from the bottle, but shot and some ginger beer. Shot in a beer. And some water. <laughs> Keeping it simple. Anyway, Neil might not be able to join us tonight, but we gonna hold it up for him. You know what I'm saying? I just want to just jump right on out into it because I know there has been some, a word that, that John likes to use oftentimes is consternation. When it comes to all these people who be at the at at at, at the picnic at the barbecue, we be inviting folk, and and I think at some point in time, yeah, because he he had a very um edgy persona. At some point in time, we had invited someone had invited Joe Rogan to the barbecue. I, yeah, I don't know. He had um, a pass. He, he had a pass, and people was, was letting him slide for a minute. I never even knew who the hell Joe Rogan was. Um, I heard his name, but I know he has a mad platform, mad followers. And then India RE posted something that, you know, a string of clips of him doing something that white folk shouldn't do. I want to play for you all something that Joe Rogan, if you haven't seen it already, give you an opportunity to see it now. Here we go. Here about why I decided to, why I decided to ask my music be pulled off of Spotify. So check this out. You know, the nigger thing. Yes. Saying, saying the, the word, word nigger. I already said nigger. He is just, just like nigger. Like nigger. nigger. She's calling you a nigger. It's like, boy, he's a nigger. Starts nigger. Starts calling him a nigger. Or nigger. There should be a word like nigger. Especially the word nigger. That's our nigger. Niggers. He says nigger. Guy, a nigger. And then our nigger starts saying nigger. Use the word nigger. Without the word nigger, say nigger. Say nigger. And he couldn't say nigger. Most nigger. Y'all get it. Y'all get it. So let me ask you, with the dude using the N-word so loosely, is that something we should disinvite him to the barbecue over? Are we too loose with giving out these, these passes? What does that even mean exactly? What does it mean to get an invite to the barbecue? What is like, exactly what it means to get an invite to the barbecue. Uh, yeah, but, but you know what? But for those who might be a little lost, he might know what it means. All right, that means that there are white folk out there that, that have been cool with us, and get a pass to roll with us and in rolling with us sometimes they get some liberties to do certain things that the average white person wouldn't do now i don't know like i give example eminem has gotten a pass at the barbecue but eminem would never use the n-word and he has made it plain like clear right. he has said it in his raps like i wouldn't dare do it 
right that we know of and once he one point in time he says i wouldn't do it if it was recorded out there or somebody heard him say it. i'm pretty sure he would have gotten sparked on it i mean given the the it, like when it. he first got started there was some like tape of him saying it but in the end basically yeah i feel what you're saying does joe rogan get his pass revoked and do we need to start going on and, and taking a look at the, the the draft at all the other white people we drafted to see if we need to start somebody needs to get this Somebody needs to vet this damn process because we need some quality control. Like, I don't know who gave Joe Rogan the pass in the first damn place. The same people who gave, uh, what's that, the white comedian, what's his name, Gary Owens, Gary Owens. is that his name? Gary, Gary Owens. People gave okay. him a pass. You know okay. what I'm saying? Same people who give a pass to the the um, the CEO of Netflix because he married a black woman. Same people who give George Lucas a pass because he got a black wife. Same people who give De Niro a pass and Pacino a pass because they like black women. Right. We be giving, come on now, we be giving out passes. Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> Dirk gets his. I mean, um, I mean, I don't feel like Joe Rogan has a particular position. I'm somebody that has listened to Joe Rogan's like interviews. He's got some informative interviews or whatever the case is. In my opinion, every white person has said this word or thought it. I'm all for withdrawing all the invites. I'm just merely saying, if you're going to get rid of all the white people that have ever said that word, ain't going to be no more white people. So, Well, let's go in. So uh, I, I actually did look into this a little bit. This, this is a 12, this is a video of 12 years worth of content that this dude has produced for his Joe Rogan podcast. Should his past be revoked? And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a interesting uh, argument here. Him saying the N word is it is it is it dissimilar than how Dave Chappelle references to people in the LGBTQ plus community? I'm just asking a question. Is it? This isn't a conversation about Dave. I didn't Chappelle. say it at all. I'm making a parallel. That's not what we're talking about. But I'm making, you deal with it based I'm on making, what we're talking about. I understand making, what he's saying. I'm making a parallel, and if. If at one point Dave Chappelle was invited and gets disinvited, did this dude get invited and now get disinvited? It's possible. Some people will say, nah. I mean, I, I, there are going to be a lot of people in our community that say he shouldn't get his pass revoked for this. And I would venture to say, you know what? All of us have a past we may not be proud of, and we have done some things in our past we may not be proud of, but we have grown. There's no, what is, what is the parallel? Let me finish. The thing that he should get his pass revoked on is the comment he made about going to the movies and saying he was going to mm. see another of the apes. And then he said, I was in there with a bunch of apes. Right. Um, and he said something, iterated something about Africa. So his pass should be revoked, in my opinion, more so for that, because that is implicitly racist, as opposed to him trying to rationalize him being in a conversation about something that has overtones of people of color and somebody using the word and he's you know, retorting the word word. I think it's 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 it we can it can strip you with passes being revoked, but we do we are very liberal with the past. But he should get rejected, revoked, and castrated potentially for the, the whole eight thing. And 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 for for the people who are coming in late, the he that we are talking about is Joe Rogan and his his loose use of the N-word and as as um Cage just alluded to going to see Planet of the Apes in Philly and being surrounded by a bunch of black people talking about he felt like he was in Africa um, in the Planet of the Apes. Now, I will say he tried to clean that up as well as he made a, a recorded an apology. He tried mm -hmm. to say that in terms of the movie piece, it was just great to go into the community and be amongst a bunch of black people and watch this movie. It was just, you know, 
Yeah. I didn't mean for it to come out as a, a racial slur, you know, and I just I enjoyed the movie. So yeah, so that's 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 who we're talking about. The other piece too, like it really this all some of this firestorm started because of his COVID stance and his mm -hmm. kind of hoax with the vaccination piece. So I forget which white artist it was that said they want to pull their music from the Spotify platform. And then how I read who was it? Neil Diamond? Neil Young. Young. Neil Young. All right. So then there was a there was the string of people who were like, you know what, we want to pull our music too. Now Spotify makes all their money from streaming, from streaming music. And then they 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 have then taken that money and reinvested a hundred million dollars into this guy's podcast, and they're paying him. And NDRE was like, "Listen, I'm taking my music off for two reasons: one, because you're paying me pennies and you're giving him a hundred mil, and then two, because of the string of things that Rasheen just showed." So, I, I believe that people should pull their music until they do something with this guy because he he's just a bad seed at this point. I mean, I, actually, I, I'm thinking he's a bad seed. I think he he made some comments in his past that he needs to be held accountable. Hey, I'm not raising my hand. I refuse. No. So what does it mean to like have your invite to the picnic withdrawn? What does that, what does that entail? Like what's, what are we going to do Joe Rogan? It means cancel. We cancel. People, people ain't listening to Joe Rogan like that in the black That's community. That's not true. They are paying this dude a hundred million dollars. I said, what are black people going to do to withdraw the invite from the picnic People are not going to, people don't listen to Joe Rogan right now. That's so not, not listening to Joe Rogan ain't going to hurt it. The dude, Andrew Yang, came out initially after the, the, the COVID thing came out. And I believe after the string of the N-word videos that Ross showed and initially came in his defense. Dave Chappelle and him did a couple of shows together. Like they, they super tight mm -hmm. boys. They did some shows in Austin, as a matter of fact. Um, the Rock came out in, in, in support of him in the beginning. Now, since this Planet of the Apes video has come out. People are now starting to kind of backpedal and distance themselves from no boy. The so, Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan podcast has over seven to ten million followers. That's a we got about twenty. <laughs> come on, not, not I mean, even thousand. 20. Only the beginning. Only the beginning. We got, got twenty four at this point in stage right. right now. Please subscribe got, to this podcast. Please, we got seven to ten mil. Come on, now, hey. people are listening and following Joe Rogan. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. Spotify knows their numbers, and they're like, India Ari, take your little 50,000 spins or whatever it is that you're doing, because Joe Rogan represents a whole lot more money. Now, if a lot of musicians start doing that, maybe it would matter, but, you know. Well, you know, I think, I think Spotify held Joe Rogan's feet to the fire um, because... He did apologize. He didn't have, he, he have to do that. Uh, right. And not that I accept the apology as, as sincere, but he didn't have to make any public statement about it. He could have pulled the Trump, you know, deny and deflect. That's that's what Trump does. He denies, he deflects yeah. until it blows I, over. He could have pulled that because it works. I believe so, his I believe his apology around the, the N-word with the hard R, I believe that was sincere. Mm -hmm. I don't believe his apology around the COVID vaccine piece was sincere. He was outside kind of chilling. This mm -hmm. one, he was leaning in. He was like going back. It was it was very demonstrative in terms of his his behavior. But, you know, I, I think I think his behavior, it can be tied to very similarly. You know, for those that don't know, there's a, there's a there was a black former head coach by the name of Brian, Brian Flores. Mm -hmm. uh, he was the head coach for the Miami Dolphins and in, in football and in, in that in that professional sports league, people are familiar with Colin Kaepernick. Um, he kneeled uh, in, in, in protest of police brutality 
a few years back, and the NFL essentially, for all intents and purposes, blackballed him. There's only one black head coach in the National Football League right now. It got so bad that they created a rule that every team, when they had an opening, had to interview someone of color before they could hire someone. Then it didn't improve. So then they started giving people draft picks and incentives to interview and hire someone of color. Mm. Brian Forwes, he had a winning record, but then he was ultimately fired. In that process of trying to interview for additional jobs, he interviewed for a job at the New York Giants. They all suck. But <laughs> in the process of the interview, um, he got a text from uh, a coach by the name of uh, Bill Belichick, who was the head coach of the uh, New England Patriots. In the text, it was a congratulatory text like, hey, I heard you got the job. What Bill didn't know was he texted the wrong Brian. There's a different Brian that got that job. Mm-hmm. It was before Brian Flores actually interviewed for the Giants job. Um, Bill, Bill Belichick said in his text, oops, I fucked up. That's a quote. At that point, the hailstorm began to occur. And you know, right now, there's a class action lawsuit against the NFL for you know racist, and racist practices, hiring business practices, et cetera. What I ask is this. Should we sue to get equality? Is it a viable option for us as a minority, as black people in 2022? still needing to use you know legal means to get things that should be given to us i mean yeah hell yeah absolutely you know what i'm saying i think he threw away his entire career you know what i'm saying he ain't gonna get another job in d1 or the nfl it's, period and it's, yeah, messed it's, up. it's less about him i'm asking about the process the avenue in which he's taking right is that the way that we need to go about doing it because to your point if anybody does do that i.e a colin kaepernick um, i.e. Um, who else is kind of like Muhammad Ali protested and lost the ability to box for a couple of years mm-hmm. and then lost lost millions of dollars by doing this process. Same thing with Colin Kaepernick, same thing with, with this guy potentially. Like, is that a viable option, a yeah. recourse for us if we lose in the short term? Like that individual will lose. Yeah, I mean, um, it's demonstrated that you got like, you got to set a precedent or whatever the case is. I don't know if he's going to have a particularly good case or whatever, but yeah, the Rooney rule is some trash, but you know what I'm saying? The, the rule. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, I was going to say the Rooney rule was trash, and then it's been watered down to the point where now all they have to do is interview one external candidate for either head coaching or the general manager's position. So you could just grab you know, a bum out the closet and be like, hey, interview for this job. All right, we fulfilled the Rooney rule. Right. Um, but but to the question, should we sue? Absolutely. Because because the, the and, and I look at it also like this. If we don't, while we not suing. The people, the people who don't want to see us thrive, they are using the legal system to create systems that will legally keep us out of certain situations. So right. while we standing still, they suing and taking the world in a different direction. And now, in effect, because we were standing still, we move backwards. So no, we should use every legal means. And then on top of that, why not? I mean, America in this experiment is still relatively young. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And in its in in our time in America as free folk is only 50 what? years, 60 years. You're talking about slavery up until 1865. You're talking about um sharecropping, you know, all the way up to the early 1900s. You talking about us not getting our rights until 1950s? Salute to the ancestors. 
throw it up to the ancestors. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> pe- pe- people lose sight of the fact that we, we only been free a few decades. Right. So if we have to continue to go back to court to force these people, I mean, you got to understand anyone who was born before 1980 lived in a world where implicit biases shaped everything they did. So now you got 40 and 50 year olds in government, in Congress, in the state houses making laws and their their whole experience is rooted in implicit bias. We got to shame them people into doing what's right. And sometimes it takes going to court. Yeah, I, I think y'all make some good points, you know, in, in my research, I'm going to say now in my research, outside of the black experience, I just I just look to see, like, you know, who what other groups have sued for something. And what I what I looked into was a, particularly around like Wall Street. So for those that are in business and whatnot in the 80s, apparently some of the big names you guys have probably heard of these places, Smith, Barney, Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley. Women didn't have the ability to kind of move up in in, in their leadership chain. And I just talked about, you know, being a leader in my organization. Right. They said between 95 to 2000, women in leadership grew from 20, essentially 29 percent to 33 percent. In, in a matter of numbers, that's a significant shift, all because they they did a class action lawsuit because of sexist and, and you know, biased behavior. So it works. It, it's a slow process. Clearly, uh, we still got a long way to all of us uh, minorities still have a long way to go, no matter which one you want to you know put yourself in. You just got to keep chugging, man. Just keep, keep but with this Flores thing, but with this like, what is his goal? You know what I'm saying? This is a lane, by the way. There is nobody talking about sports like that in this area but we're gonna leave that for later what is like the end goal for him what is he trying to do because he ain't gonna get no job in the nfl that's that's a wrap you you, you know if if it's a matter of if, if they're moving it and I, I i don't know if they moved it to class action yet but if they're moving it to class action wow then then he's talking about systemic change yeah. because you have the nfl and which what a lot of people don't understand is that the nfl with all the money that it makes is recognized as a nonprofit entity in America. Mm-hmm. They've been able to lobby the government. So they are getting tax breaks that even the for-profit businesses don't get because they are a nonprofit. Maybe their nonprofit status status needs to be revoked. Mm. When, they, when they go into cities and they start building new stadiums because they got the a taxpayer new stadium, or they got an old stadium and they want to rebuild it, they're getting money from the local government, the state mm-hmm. government, so you're using our tax dollars right. to then discriminate against us? They just doing what America has been doing the whole time. So I, I understand, and people like to to put out there about the Colin Kaepernick piece, and you know it is what you know this is what they've been doing. But they tried to whitewash it because even with the Colin Kaepernick piece, they entered into an agreement with Colin Kaepernick. He got paid. paid a settlement, paid. and they they made sure that the settlement would never come out. Right. And then as as a, a, a part of that agreement, they also started to do a lot of social justice programming and, and, and activities in the community. So it was more than just, you know, a commercial here and there. They actually put millions and millions of dollars in the community. But That's this true. is their way of saying, look, we're, we're you know, we're singing and dancing the good tune, but mm-hmm. we still getting money. We subsidizing them to be discriminatory like America. Yeah, you take our tax dollars. So maybe this class action piece is about systemic change. Well, you, you need other people to join it. No matter, no matter, no matter what you if you if you want to sue in this lane, I'm not remove him from the scenario. But if anybody in any industry wants to sue for change, you need other people who have experienced the same types of things to step up and say, you know what, your time be in. Me too. 
right? And if we do that, if anybody does that, then the likelihood of that lawsuit being successful, it grows exponentially. Um, Roger, when you say they are franchises, to my knowledge, make sure you put in there what, what you what you mean. Explain what franchises is and why that's a significant piece. Mm. Um, yeah, one of and, our, one and, of our um, listeners, he in the comments for those that that are, that are listening to this, he wrote they are franchises to his knowledge, and, and Roz asking him to kind of clarify that statement as Rob talks about them being, you know, nonprofit organization. It's a nonprofit industry. Mm-hmm. The NFL ain't paying taxes. They're not paying taxes. All I'm saying is I'm all in on the Washington Commanders as a name, and I hope they, the nickname is the Commies. I really want them to be like known as the Commies. But um, speaking of generational curses, because being a Washington football team fan is a generational curse. I believe that. That's a that's a good segue. Nice job. You like that. You like that. that was nice. No, I'm two for two tonight. So okay, a generational <laughs> curse is a habit or behavior that is passed down from one generation to another. Now, everybody's got these kind of issues that you might have in your family or that you inherited or whatever the case is. But the question is like, how do you break that? You know what I'm saying? That little cycle or action or whatever. Once you kind of know what it is, how do you avoid doing it? You know what I also consider a generational curse? Um, the lack of knowledge when it comes to uh, financial literacy. Not, no, not financial literacy. Right. Not financial literacy, because in the community, we have dumbed down financial literacy to um, uh, credit, um, checking and savings accounts, and budgeting. I'm talking about wealth creation. Mm -hmm. So this whole idea of building wealth, that's a generational curse. Because at one point in time, we, we were able to building build wealth. wealth. is a generational curse. Like right. Not the <laughs> lack thereof. The lack thereof. Okay. Not, not of course, if you build in wealth, that ain't a curse. It's a good okay. Thing. I mean, but at a point in time, we had land, and we did business, mm -hmm. and and that was generations ago. And mm -hmm. then when we talk about you know what America has done and America's citizens have done, they they've swindled us out of land, they've stolen land from us, they killed us for our land, they 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 bombed our businesses, right? And 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 then a generational understanding had become, you can't get ahead in this world. Ain't nothing you can do. The white man ain't gonna never let you live. And then we pass that down sometimes to kids, the kids, the kids, the kid. So now the kid is sitting there like, I don't need to excel. I don't need to study anything about wealth building. I think that's a generational curse. Okay. You know. So I guess, but the question is like, how do you, once you kind of know that, how do you break that generational curse you know what i'm saying how do you move beyond that is it possible to do that is this whole thing just like some mumbo jumbo pop psychology that somebody made up rose I, is calling you out john she's saying y'all had that convo so rose can you keep our business off of the podcast no i'm playing i i mean we probably did i've talked about this in the groups or whatever the case is many many times we have them for a number of reasons right our diet our mm. financial literacy, and I'll use financial literacy because I think that's a more broad term, but you know, wealth management, mental, I know, right? <laughs> uh, and, and how do we break it to John's question is we got to talk about it, right? We can't hide behind, you know, saying that it's happening and, and thinking about it, but we need to talk about the, the people in our family that do weird things. And we, you know, I, I, I've expressed and shared on this platform that I was molested, right? By somebody that my family trusted. Mm. that's a generational curse like that happens 
across several generations where people just don't talk about those experiences. We talk about mental health. Black people, there have been studies that you can pass trauma along. And if anybody has experienced trauma, it's people that look like all of us on this, on this, on this, on this uh, platform. So we need to be able to articulate, address, and be comfortable with pursuing the work that's necessary to break those, to break those curses and then be willing to pass along something different to our children. Okay. Do you consider spanking children Ooh. wrapped up in, in, in that generational curse piece? Oh, man. That's oh, a good boy. One. We going uh, there? We, going I mean, there? We, we still talking about genera- generations, right? Well, no no chase down. podcast. What'd you say? It can be. It can be. Spanking and, and discipline is not the same thing as spanking. You can you can spank your child, but I think what we experienced, a lot of us, was beatings, right? Like get a switch, get the extension cord. That's that's getting your ass beat. Um, and I I had that too. I don't do that with my children. Um, but getting spankings, I, I don't really know if that's the same thing. I think if you, Roy, you said something a long, a couple of podcasts ago, or really several of them ago, around when we got to college, we kind of just throw ourselves to the wolves. That doesn't create wealth. And I, I, you said it, it kind of triggered the thought in my mind, like, you know, he's right. Um, we got to look at how we live differently, which is why I get massages. I get manicures. I get pedicures. I pamper myself. I'm just saying we got to live and live in a comfortable fashion. And we are, are, are used to living in this hard um, blue collar. We got to, you know, tough it out all the time. I mean, that's I think to me, that's a generational curse. That's a no. mindset. A lot of people in the comments is talking that, that, yes, spanking is passed down from slavery. Yes, it's a generational curse. Yes, spanking can, can be traumatic. Um, Shoshana, uh, she she put in the comments that she was not spanked, but her cousins were in her age group. The ones who were in her age group were. Shoshana, if you could put in the comments, if those, if those cousins have children, whether or not they spank their children, if you know, just kind of add that to the discussion. Because sometimes that's that's what it's about, like being passed up. Well, I got beat, Listen, and, and, and I'm I'm using spanking and beating interchangeably. Um, that's what I'm doing. I have definitely used corporal punishment in my lifetime. Been I've used it. It's you been used on me. Um, if the situation requires it, absolutely. That is something that I do. Not necessarily. That's like a, that's a, a nuclear option kind of thing. And I have not had to do it or whatever, whatever. We've kind of figured out different things that we need to do. But whatever I got to do to get through to you, that whatever you did, you cannot do. I'm going to do what I got to do. You know what I'm saying? And in the end, I'm responsible for these children. I'm going to do what I feel like we got to do. Uh, I'm not talking about abusiveness. I'm not talking about, you know, over the top extension cords. That's over the top racing track uh hot wheels tracks brooms and irons and all this other madness that's over the top i'm not talking about closed fists with closed fists and you know we you people know what the difference is but like i'm a firm believer in for example calisthenics um y'all know my son jackson jackson's 19 years old jackson's been doing push-ups in order to get through to you to me that like i got to figure something out jillian does the same thing Whole point being, there's got to be a limit to certain things. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like to be I honest, have. life as as a parent, 
I would say, and even as an adult, we recognize that in life, there are consequences for your actions. And depending on what your, what your action is, the consequence and the severity of the consequence, it, there's, a, there's a range of, of what it can be. If you do something you shouldn't be doing, it's like, stop, put that down. And if you, you can do something so egregious, you can be put to death. So you, we have, as parents, you got to figure out how to navigate that space of what's an appropriate consequence for a said infraction that your kid does so that when they get out into the world, who's going to be much less kinder um, to them, what, how to navigate that space in an appropriate way so they don't get themselves hurt or get themselves in the bind. So I, I, I understand, at least historically, why people would spank it so like you don't get yourself in no real trouble. However, now we know better. We get a little bit, we got a little bit more examples to, to kind of think outside or broaden our range of discipline than we did in years past. Yeah, Tina Cole brought up a good point in the comments. She said, your boss doesn't spank you when you miss a deadline. It's not the same thing. That's not, that's not even a, a equitable. It, it almost sounded like the spanking sets you up for consequences to be prepared for them when they come. So that, so the idea is, is the spanking the same thing as consequences in the real world outside of the household? So I, I can see that, but, but just to make sure we can keep it, keep it tight with the, um, with this whole generational curse piece, there is a, a, a frame of thinking that yes, spanking can be passed down as a generational curse so that if you do it, there may be a greater chance that your child is doing it in that, that piece, you could be passing down this experience, a traumatic experience where a child is being hit by an adult and the child's mind cannot properly process that as a kid and may not connect it to discipline, but as an, once they grow old, may then connect it to abuse, even though you may well, not think it was abuse. So I, I just I want if we, if we could button that up, because I know we got to move forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know I, real quick, a butt whooping without dialogue is abuse. If you get a butt whooping with conversation to help understand why you why this consequence took place, I think that's discipline. I'll leave it at that. All right. All right. Well, you know what? I'm just you gonna jump it. out there and just do this. God, Thank y'all for listening. You know what I'm saying? Um, we are straight no chaser. If you want to email us, y'all, listen, you can email us at straight with an eight no chaser twenty-three. That's S T R eight no chaser 23 at gmail.com shoot us an email let us know some topics you want to hear you want us to yeah. talk about or if you got you need some advice on something we will happily give you our advice on things i'm not saying you should take it but we'll happily give it um, you can find us right. on apple spotify because we're not jumping off of spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts with that said happy black history month black love all year all around every time uh, so we the recommendation we want to have is for the people right we do this for the people we are the people power to the people what nonprofit do you recommend that we we want to bump for that we want to show some love to and get some support to what do you want to throw your way behind anything y'all got in your mind this is an easy one for me y'all listen every episode i'll be i almost feel self-centered um but every episode i'm bumping something that i do and i am the executive director of a nonprofit that has an international footprint. We are throughout this country. We're over in London. We just expanded into DC and I am building a team that's working with black and brown boys in DCPS high schools and we're already in the schools. So if I'm going to tell you to support any nonprofit that's working with the black community, I'm going to tell you to support mine. You need to support Youth Guidance DC. You can go to our website, www.youth.com dash guidance 
guidance.org. Big facts. Hyphen dash the hyphen guidance.org. There's always a give now, donate button. It, donate $10, $2, 20 I don't care. Donate. But when you do, make sure you indicate that that money being donated, the notes is for DC. I don't want it over in London. I want it here in DC so we can work with these young boys in my area. So that's that's who I say y'all should y'all should work with. Well, clearly that's a paid advertisement. Um, but everybody else is going to say, well, now be a paid advertisement because Rashim is employed by them. So clearly that's a pay, he's paid to say that per se. I I, 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 love I am I, love I am employed yes, by Youth Guidance, but I am the executive director in DC. Talk Fox your shit. Fuck stops with me. There you so, go. Support the brothers. There you go. Bottom you line. Got, this is not a black owned nonprofit, but it impacts black people immensely. National Network of Abortion Funds. This is for people that are looking for an ability to achieve or get an abortion. And these are this nonprofit will, if you do not have the capacity financially to go out and pay for the abortion that you're trying to get, they will help you. They will connect you with people that can do it in your state. You know what I'm saying? They will help you find the funding to make sure that it happens. Um, I think we need to destigmatize this process. It impacts Black women immensely. I'm a major supporter of this nonprofit. It is called the National Network of Abortion Funds, NNAF. They have individual state chapters. So if you are wherever you might be, and you want to terminate a pregnancy for whatever reason, these people are out there to help you and to uh, connect you with people that you need to be with, and they will help you find the funding for it and do all of that stuff in a time frame where it seems like the government and everything is kind of shifting against this. We want to expand the capacity for people to access this kind of care. So National Network of Abortion Funds heavily influential out here in the world. That's dope. That's dope. I salute that. You know, cheers to the National... National Network of Abortion Funds. Okay. Uh, salute to Ra's, uh organization as well. I'm going to go with something probably maybe a little bit little bit more traditional, but um, 100 Black Men of America Incorporated. I, I think about this organization. It was founded in the 1960s, I want to say, 63. And when I think about black men in particular and what we can learn and benefit from just the experience of some quality mentors um, and they had they have since you know created chapters across the country um and maybe you know with some eyes on going global potentially but you know when you think about the ability for for people who are i don't even know if the numbers make sense but a significant number of us who didn't have fathers in our communities and our households growing up to see some positive examples right that's a tremendous asset and, and something that, you know, the youth can aspire towards and, and learn from. So I will say if you if you want to throw some bucks behind it, if you got a son, I got a nephew that can benefit from an experience with a great role model and mentor, then I would say 100 Black Men of America would be a great place for your dollars to land some 501c3. Um, so you can you can write that off as a tax deductible donation if you so choose to do so. Love it, man. We all about the community on Straight No Chase of the Podcast. You know, the podcast. You know, really, we got to, part of this, too, is to really step up our philanthropic abilities. We haven't really done that in a, in a major way in our community. Like, we keep our money in our pockets. So if we find some places and we can make some recommendations that people like, you know, let's let's do it. 
so with that you know um thank you all for listening to straight no chaser the podcast you can find us on apple podcast spot spotify podcast or wherever you get your listening pleasure from right we gotta do shout out our production our production team dana bingham guanilo makita filmworks that production squad is off the chain um and of course our music our intro you know our countdown uh for those who are online with us uh and and, and actually stream us live and then the outro music done by midnight michael there you That's go squad. big ox shout out next time other than that we done Boom. all right y'all peace